Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. Eight shows a week throughout the NFL season. We are heading to Thanksgiving. Got some great games on ta- – right, you know what? I'm not going to lie. Uh, we got a good game on CBS. You got to watch Bears-Lions uh, as well to get there first. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Before we do all that, we got to recap Monday night football as we do every Monday evening for Tuesday morning with the NFL Super Friends. And don't worry, if you're a regular subscriber – we will not be missing any shows. You have your regular group of shows. We'll record them all before we take off for the in-laws and some turkey. And uh, we'll make sure we get you your content. Also, if you're a regular subscriber or new and you enjoy the show and you want to leave a review, fire up Apple Podcasts and leave something fun. There have been a lot of good ones recently. Um, they are wildly entertaining when you people write funny things. I, like, snorted um, out loud reading the one about Prisco. Like, I was like, I like, like, usually it's Ryan Wilson who snorts like a little piggy, um, on the podcast when he laughs too hard, but I did it the other day live on the podcast because whatever somebody wrote on iTunes was hilarious. So, uh, if you got something funny to say, do it. In the meantime, let's go live to the leader of the Lamar Jackson bandwagon, Ryan Wilson. Hey, how exciting for you. Lamar Jackson's biggest super fan. You've been on it since day one. Uh, or, or week eight, whatever, whatever you think. Both works. work. Um, also, of course, here, Sean Wagner McGuff. Hello, Sean. Hello. And the he, leader of the Andy Dalton bandwagon. Uh, Andy, oh, and this is the Andy Dalton emergency podcast. John Breach here as well. Ryan, um, like, I mean, nobody wants to give you credit for being the guy who's on the, the, Not the leader of the bandwagon, the MVP conversation. That's it. I look. I wasn't on the bandwagon last year. Okay, then you need to rephrase what you're saying. You need to say everyone I, knows that that listens to this podcast. No, they don't. Except, except the person who falls asleep. Don't shake your head, Sean. R. Jackson finished the night 15 of 20 for 169 yards and five passing touchdowns. He also ran eight times for 95 yards. The Ravens throttled the Rams. I mean, this was an embarrassment. In LA on Monday night for Sean McVay, um, coming, I think, uh, 361 days after the Rams beat the Chiefs 54-51 in LA, uh, reinventing football. Turns out that didn't work. McVay's fallen. Rams to six to five. Ravens to nine and two. Mark Ingram also ran 15 times for 101, 111 yards and a touchdown. Gus Edwards ran 14 times. Justice Hill ran eight times. Robert Griffin the third attempted three passes. That's how ugly it got. Jared Goff, 26 of 37 for 212 yards, two interceptions. Todd Gurley, six carries, 22 yards. Uh, Robert Woods, six catches, 97 yards. The Rams were a broken, lifeless, pathetic offense, and the Ravens looked like a new era Star Wars. Like They looked like the team that was reinventing offense, right, Ryan? So 12 months ago, you mentioned that, that blowout, the 110 points or whatever, between the uh, Chiefs and the Rams. 12 months ago, if I said to you, John Harbaugh, is unquestionably 400 million miles a better coach than Sean McVay. 
you'd laugh at me in much the same way you laugh about Sammy Watkins dominating Devontae Parker, right? Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, Breach has a point while you looked that oh, up. No, I was going to just point this out that, oh. uh, and Jason Lock and Fora re- reported this, and I don't think he reported it incorrectly. Uh, but November 11th, 2018, the headline is Ravens, John Harbaugh headed to a mutual parting of ways in, se- in season firing, not discussed. It looked like John Harbaugh was out. Sean McVay was the new hotness. And now that has completely flipped. Maybe that firing was the impetus to start doing analytical stuff. I don't know. Or they switch quarterbacks. Or they switch to Lamar Jackson. I would just like to throw in there both brilliant men because they got a diploma from the greatest university in the United States, Miami of Ohio. I'm sorry that I interrupted Brentson for you to say that now that I know what you're saying. Yep. And I <laughs> want to talk about if you like free money, bet on Ball State minus <laughs> – <laughs> this guy's giving out Mac locks against the conference champion. Come on, maybe, maybe don't take the betting advice for the guy who bet on the Rams on Monday night. <laughs> Look, I'm smoking everybody and their brother on the CBS Sports page. I'm currently, I believe, the number, number two expert in the country against the spread, according to Pickwatch. So, Sean, you can S my TT. Um, I think that's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have to edit that one out? <laughs> Brinson, I don't and think anyone folks, says that. And that, yeah. folks, is how Will Brinson got fired. <laughs> and that's how Ryan Wilson became the podcast host. Good. Ryan Wilson. Oh, I've been on the Lamar Jackson bandwagon for 42 years. I knew when, he when came you're back. listening to this and you're, you're Pinto driving down the street, you're going to be banging against the dashboard because I keep owning that Lamar Jackson thing. No, the MVP. You're going to start listening to this podcast once I get fired, please. Sure. Come on. Fair enough. <laughs> I'll mail you a copy. <laughs> That's Lamar Jackson. Do your little victory lap. We should call Jason Lockenfora on a cell phone right now. And just He's crying him. right now. That's what Prisco and Jamie Eisenberg would tell you. And look, a well-deserved cry because Lamar Jackson's balling out. Once again, they had no answers for them. I think Daniel Jeremiah tweeted this. Maybe people were complaining during the game that the Rams are soft defensively. And what would the Ravens do when they, when they face a tough team? Well, they beat the crap out of the Patriots already. So I think we we see how they are against a really good defense. And uh, does anyone have any idea about how you're going to slow down Lamar Jackson between now and February? Well, I'll say two things is that it, it's kind of weird that the teams that have had the most success in the regular season are teams that have seen him before. Because we say a lot, uh, it doesn't, it takes a year or two, but defensive corners of the NFL are always going to catch up to what you're doing. And if you look at where Lamar Jackson has struggled this year, it's been in divisional games. They got mollywhopped by the Cleveland Browns. That was a 40 to 25 game. They barely beat, I don't remember who started. Duck, was it Duck Hodges or uh, Mason Rudolph? Mason, Mason got knocked, knocked they, out and Duck came in. So the Steelers had Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges and in one Juju game. And if Juju hadn't fumbled, John? And that's, I was about to say, that was a game the Steelers should have won. The Ravens won it in overtime. And even that first game against the Bengals was 23 to 17. So it was like you have these teams that are familiar with what the Ravens do. And so what the Ravens are doing on offense wasn't working as well. And also the Chiefs, the Chiefs beat them last year in the regular season with Lamar Jackson, beat him this year with Lamar Jackson. And so there it does feel like there, if you are familiar with this, obviously the Rams aren't going to have to play Lamar Jackson until 2023. They're probably going to burn this film and never think about it for the next four years until they actually play him. So I do think it's interesting that teams are familiar. And one other thing I have said on a podcast a couple weeks ago is that nobody still has tried the Chargers game plan from the playoff game, which is throwing seven defensive backs out there. 
Uh, and obviously that worked. No one's done that this season. I, I think once you get to the postseason, we might see a t- team crazy enough to try that. Uh, but so there it is. Teams that are familiar with Lamar and the, and the low the defensive acts. Weird thing with your audio there, Breach. Number was interrupting you, but I would I would say like what was really surprising to me and really impressive on the Ravens' part, but very disappointing and surprising from the Rams' perspective, is that I thought Wade Phillips had an okay defensive plan. The Ravens. Well, you could see that they were trying to bring a safety coming flying in late to try and blitz Lamar Jackson, and then they were hoping to hold contain on him. And then the problem is the counterpoint for the Ravens, one, they just won at the point of attack at the offensive line. Like the safety would come flying in or the, you know, whoever would blitz come in late and wouldn't get there. Like they, and then Lamar would be able to casually step out of the pocket. Um, and two, the Ravens had designed this plan not to do these short little hitters on the tight ends. Instead, they ran the longer routes with, with Miles Boykin and Marquise Brown and put them a little further downfield. And what that did, once the, 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 the Rams brought a defender in, it left a wide open swath. And you saw, you know, that long, that long near touchdown run that, that Lamar had where he fell down just before the goal line. I mean, Eric Weddle was in a one on one in the open field with Lamar. I saw the replay and I was thinking Eric Weddle. The thoughts going through his mind was, dear God, please let this stadium get hit by an asteroid so I don't get posterized on national television. <laughs> All I could think was Eric Weddle looks exactly like I imagine Ryan at one of his soccer games. Like, like moving, like, like it's almost like somebody poured cement yeah. around his legs and he's just like churning through sand, trying as hard as he can to get to the soccer ball. It's like trickling. You're not far off. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just thought that, and look, the Rams averaged I mean, the Ravens average, and this is not even a fair stat because it, it, it belies the actual job that they did. Uh, they averaged 5.9 yards per carry on, on, on rushing attempts. That was at 9.1 with about a minute left, with under a minute left in the first half and the game well in control. I mean, they, they absolutely mauled Aaron Donald and that Rams defensive front in the run game, Sean. Yeah, I mean, in the, like, the key stat for me in this game is that Lamar Jackson was on the field for six series. All six series ended in a touchdown. And so, like, the Rams had no answers whatsoever. And I think the most impressive part, not taken away from Lamar, was about how well they played up front. And this is why I don't know, you know, Breach talks about the seven defensive back strategy. Certainly that, would, that worked last year. No, that would have been destroyed. Exactly. I don't think I, it can work this year. Because well, right. Well, let me just say real quick is that, yes, they're going to have plans for that because they saw it last year, but you need to think of something completely outside the box, and that's what we haven't seen. What would so that the, be? Nine defensive backs? Uh, I just think uh, this <laughs> this Ravens team can just bully everyone up front. Like, you mentioned Aaron Donald. I don't think I noticed him the entire game. When is the last time you watched a Rams game and you didn't notice Aaron Donald? He had one tackle the entire night. And uh, a podcast listener actually tweeted it to me and told me to bring up the fact that Marshall Yonda, I mean, like, obviously it's offensive linemen. They don't get credit, especially when you have the MVP front runner on the team. He dominated um, Aaron Donald for most of the night, and he was left isolated a lot of times. And so that, to me, is the takeaway, is that as much credit as we're giving Lamar, and it's all worthy, we should give the Ravens front office credit for going getting a guy like Mark Ingram, who at the time a lot of us, probably me, was saying, oh, you shouldn't you know, be paying running backs a lot of money in free agency. You know, you can plug anyone in there. He's such a physical runner, though, that he's such a 
he adds just an extra physical dimension to a team that is normally built around speed and pace, and he gives them a power option. And I think that is what's going to prevent teams from doing the defensive back strategy, which is what you know they did in the playoffs last year when the Ravens' offense was completely different, um, and they were just um, you know they weren't throwing the ball with authority like they are now. And Sean, that was only a three-year, fifteen million dollar deal for Ingram, so you may have been okay with that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what the big problem would be for that. Um, did I? And I look. Uh, I would like to point out. I think I wrote about this in week one, but um, I've been I've been making note of it for a while. When you look at the guys, and I tweeted this out tonight, and I'd, I'd researched it at some point in the preseason or during the regular season. I can't remember when, but if you look at like I went and looked at the numbers on Sports Info Solutions and Mark Ingram, who they signed in free agency, Justice Hill, who they drafted, and Gus Edwards, who was already on the roster. All three are like top five, either in college or in their pro or in the pros, or top five or top ten runners in terms of efficiency out of shotgun. And so, like the Ravens used analytics to decide who they were going to go and get. And Ingram is such a perfect complement for Lamar Jackson when they run those option plays, and because he's so speedy, but he has the power. He runs well as shotgun, has great vision, and he gets through holes and he burrows through, and he got he's got burst to get through to the next level. So, um, to me, I, I like breach. I, I don't, I don't disagree. Somebody's got to try something different. I'm just not sure that. Like I know the, the defensive back thing worked last year when they were mainly looking for Lamar to take the ball and run uh, on a pure just read option principles. But they have so many different things they do in terms of RPOs, throwing to the tight ends, lining up in heavy, having the you know running play action, having these tight ends streaking. Hey, Brinson, to add to your point, and Next Gen Sats just tweeted this, tweeted this out tonight, uh, Monday night. The Rams, excuse me, the Ravens ran pistol seventy nine percent of the time, and that sort of makes predicting the you know, which way you got to run out of the pistol. That's part of the problem. And obviously the Rams had no answer for that. Yeah. You do pistol and you can run the RPOs. You can run the read option and you just makes you so dangerous. And I just think that like that offensive line of those running backs would just bowl over a and, bunch of, uh, a bunch of, well, and, and they are going to be tough to beat, obviously, no matter what. But another part with that whole familiarity thing, and those are the teams that have had the most success, whether they're winning or losing, they're the ones that are keeping the games close. And that's where the Patriots come in, because they did get to see four quarters of Lamar Jackson. Bill Belichick is a very fast learner. I wouldn't be surprised if he just kind of let, he got to a point in the game where he said, you know, we're just let him do, we're not going to win. So let's just do, let have them throw the playbook at us so that we can get it all on film and I can figure out how to stop this in the playoffs. So I, I do think that the Patriots will do a lot better against Lamar if they were to play him in the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to win, but I do think it, they're not going to lose 37 to 20. I, no, I agree with you that the Patriots will have more success against Lamar the second time. I would disagree with you that Bill Belichick was like, I'm just going to soak up all your free plays. Like, I, I don't, I'm not buying it. No, know, I was saying like once it was out of reach, like, you know, they weren't winning. It was done. Just let them do whatever they want. And the other thing about this Ravens team, I mean, we've talked about it before is this defense continues, uh, I mean, not playing as well as the offense, but it continues to hold its own. And it was the defense that we thought was going to be the weak link on the weak link on the team. And since that week four game when the Browns scored 40 on them, they entered this game tonight uh, or Monday night allowing 16 points per game. And obviously the Rams only had six points tonight. So uh, this defense continues to play out of its mind and why they're the most. It's not just Lamar Jackson. This is the most complete team in football, I think, by a decent margin. Yeah. Um, and um, Lamar, by the way, Ryan, probably yeah. going to win MVP. He was asked what? about it after the game. Me taking the game at a time. I'm not worried about MVP, you know. If it come and come, I'll be satisfied. But I'm trying to win the Super Bowl. That's, that's a team award, and that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Love Lamar Jackson. 
It's uh, funny that Lamar said that because I haven't seen Stephen O's numbers yet, but 538 has a new favorite to win the Super Bowl. Also, Stephen O is inherently biased towards the Ravens, so don't believe his numbers. But oh, right, yeah, I don't think that. Um, no, I'm just Stephen O of Sportsline is not actually biased, but he is a huge Ravens fan. And he was telling me before the year, he's like, I'm telling you, this Ravens team is going to be incredible. Like, people are underselling it. I was like, ah, uh, Steven, yep, yep, sure, whatever you say, buddy. You're, like, cause you know, he's, I, I was, I look, I was in on the Steelers. That's, I was thinking about that tonight. Like, that's, well, Ben Roethlisberger. I know. I'm just thinking about all the things that have happened in a month since. No, I just, I think like that's one of the misses. Like that, I, you know, I, I mean, I think that the only way to get better at predicting what might happen in an NFL season, which is inherently difficult in the first place, is to figure out why you missed on something. And I mean, like I, I hearken back to, you know, a couple of things I read about this Ravens offense and like John Harbaugh's quote that like this will be unlike anything you've ever seen before. And I thought that's not, that's stupid. That's not going to be the case, but it really is. Like this offense is, is special and different and unique. And I think Breach has a point that you can slow it down, um, this, you know, maybe more easily the second time you see it, but Ow. execute so well, like, they they didn't even involve the tight ends tonight. Marquise Brown, who plays on like seventeen percent of his snaps, had a couple good looks. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but like once it was a kind of a blowout. I mean, but it was like it was the what they did. They, this is like Harbaugh and Greg Roman played chess all over Wade Phillips. I mean, they they knew that he was going to put Jalen Ramsey on Mark Andrews, and that they thought they'd go heavy with tight ends. So they just let Marquise Brown abuse defensive backs, and Lamar threaded the ball, and all of a sudden, once it's fourteen nothing, that game's over. Well, I'll ask, I'll ask you and Breach again. How are teams, if they play the Ravens two or three or four or five times, what's going to, what are you going to do differently? Well, Wilson, this is what I, I mean, I've already said this. I'm not going to repeat myself, but it's just that we've seen teams that have played them multiple times. It's been closer or the other teams winning. We saw again the Steelers. I heard that. I'm just asking, do you have any ideas about how you do it? Well, that is, do you think the Ravens are going to change their strategy when they're playing those teams again that have beaten them, like the Chiefs, or do you think the Chiefs are going to change their strategy? Uh, I mean, when you're playing a team like this, it's like playing the, the triple option at Nebraska. It's it's all about keeping responsibility. Everybody has to do their job, classic Belichick line. Uh, and so this is not an offense that NFL players are used to seeing. And if they have, they haven't seen it in five years. And so it's hard to practice for this when you only have three days of practice leading up to a game. You know, if you're playing them coming off a bye or you're playing them off getting ready for a Super Bowl and you have two weeks to prepare – or in week one where you have the whole offseason prepare, or if they're a divisional opponent where you just kind of know what their personnel is and how their coach coaches, that's one thing. But if you've never seen this before, the Rams had to prepare for this in three days. That's impossible. I think the Ravens are going to do the same thing to the 49ers next week. Uh, but if you are familiar, I do think it is a little easier to prepare for and slow down but not stop. Not uh, to mention you just can't have a quarterback, like, replicate it in terms of the scout team. I think the Bengals use Andy Dalton, right, or something <laughs> to, like, try to do it. It's just, like, imagine, like, asking Andy Dalton to try to mimic Lamar Jackson. Like, Andy Dalton not did a getting great Mason Rudolph last week, though. <laughs> I, I, would also, I would also say this, too. Like, in this game, I didn't think at the very early onset of it that I, I actually thought that the Rams could kind of hang in there just the way that it sort of started playing out. The Ravens converted every third down and like the Rams had really bad penalties. You know, they got one of the, the ends of the red zone and like Booger's like, Oh, gives you more room to operate. Eh, turns out it's not so great. I, I just thought that the Ravens converted all of their early third downs. That was huge because it kept their drives alive and they were, they were marching on them. And then the other thing about this game, like this is where it, it changes. Like, they completely nullified, as we mentioned, Aaron Donald. When you take Aaron Donald out of the game plan for the Rams, like that was the whole goal of the Rams is 
Aaron Donald's going to disrupt on the interior and flush Lamar Jackson, and then we'll send guys blitzing late. And if we do that, we're going to get big hits on Lamar. And they did get a couple big hits. But the problem was Donald was nullified, and there was no pressure there. And so Lamar all of a sudden had open swaths of field to run. I thought the biggest surprise was just how bad the Rams offense was. Like my personal prediction, I think was like 30 to 27. So I thought the Rams or the Ravens would get in the thirties and their offense would roll. You thought the Rams would cover too. Why are you calling me an idiot? No, no, our 30 to 23 or whatever. It was, I had the Ravens winning by a touchdown. You can check my score out on my picks page to verify that. I had the Ravens covering Brinson. I didn't lose any money betting on them. Uh, but, but my point is the biggest surprise to me was how bad the Rams, the Rams offense looked. Cause I did think it would be a shootout that the Rams would be able to keep up and move the ball in this Ravens defense. And they did absolutely nothing. The first two possessions were disastrous. I think they totaled zero yards combined on those drives and they punted. And by the time they got the ball back to that third possession, they were down 14 nothing. And like Brinson said earlier, once it was 14 nothing, it felt like the game was over. I never felt like the Rams were going to move the ball. I mean, this is the Rams team. This offensive line is in shambles. Jared Goff sucks. I mean, we talk about making fun of Mitch Trubisky. Jared Goff ain't far off that conversation. And um, Warren Sharp tweeted this out. Uh, he's a big Lamar guy. He might be a bigger Lamar guy than me. I'm not sure. We'll have to, have to check the facts. No one is a bigger Lamar guy than you, right? No, no, no. Warren, Warren is – I know. Yeah, yeah. He said in August. Let me tell you this quickly, and you can tell that story. But he said uh, Lamar's cap hit. In 2020, this year, 2.6 million. Next year, 3 million. Jared Goff in 2020, 36 million. Next year, 32 million. And it's in the 30s for the next three years after that. So they have that tied up. They have Aaron Donald tied up. They have no first round picks. And I said this at the time of the Jalen Ramsey trade, and I think that Breach actually agreed with me. They gave up two picks for Jalen Ramsey, two first rounders, who was supposed to be the final piece of the Super Bowl team, presumably, because they just went to the Super Bowl, traded Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters has been balling out ever since he arrived in Baltimore, had another interception tonight. This is a disastrous trade, not because Jalen Ramsey stinks, just because they have no more draft picks. Their salary cap is, situation is a nightmare, and Jared Goff sucks. Other than that, the Rams have having a pretty good season. <laughs> What's funny about – yeah, I didn't think the Rams were going to score many points in this game. Entering this week, they were closer in DVOA to the Jets, who are in last place, than they were to the Cowboys in first place. So, I mean, they entered the week 20th, and the Broncos, for a comparison, are 22, the Bills are 23. This has been a bad offense all season. It almost feels like, just get back to the Ravens, like, I don't think a team will slow them down, or maybe, maybe they'll slow them down, they won't stop them, which is why, like, I feel like, I hate, someone's going to play this back, like, I don't like the Patriots to beat them, because their offense, I don't think it's just good enough to keep pace with them. Where I could see a team, and I would still take the Ravens in this game, don't get me wrong, but like a team like the Chiefs would maybe have a better chance just because maybe they could just match them touchdown for touchdown. No, and we'll, I, I would, no, I would agree with that. Like, I don't think that, I, again, I thought that early on, and look, the Rams started, the Rams started, uh, their first two possessions, they got five total yards, had a brutal penalty in one, uh, and went punt, punt. Like he, and then they gave up two immediate touchdowns. So you're down 14, nothing. But then like you could see it in the next two drives. I mean, they went 15 plays, 56 yards, got into the red zone, and then had settled for a field goal, which at that point, uh, maybe you go for the touchdown because you're getting gashed on, on offense. That's the other then, thing. Harbaugh goes for it on fourth down. McVay yeah. is one of the most conservative coaches in the league. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you could be watching what was happening with your team and think that you're going to win with field goals. Down 14 to three, right? I mean, you needed to get 24 set. hours after watching Jason Garrett. Yeah, it, it is pretty wild. Um, I, I will say that 
I don't know what I was going to say about the uh, the Chiefs. And, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, Sean, first of all, you got to come strong. Just be like the Patriots can't beat the Ravens. Say it. Own it. No, because Breach is right. I'm not putting anything past Belichick. Well, what's the what's He's the line? Wizard. I'm not I'm not yeah. putting anything past him. What's the line in January in Gillette Stadium in that game? Uh, Patriots minus three. Right. Maybe, Maybe four at the most. Nah. Four sounds insane, doesn't it? Maybe pick them. I was gonna. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah Three's go. good, but it's gonna be not very much. Exactly. But I do think the Patriots probably favored. Um. Although Belichick might ask to not be favored, so he can use that as a. <laughs> Motivation. A motivational. <laughs> Wilson, you said that Goff sucked, so I'm going to throw this stat out right now at how bad he has sucked. During the month of November, Ryan Finley, Duck Hodges, Matt Schaub, Julian Edelman, Julian Edelman, <laughs> Brian Hoyer, and Matt Moore all threw more touchdown passes than Jared Goff, who threw zero. Mm. He went through the whole month without throwing a touchdown pass. Julian Edelman hear, threw a touchdown uh, pass. You hear a fun fact, courtesy of Bruce Feldman, of the Athletic, and this was midway through the game, so this, these numbers have changed. But Lamar Jackson's passing numbers in November: seventy-eight percent completion, ten touchdowns, ten more than Jared Goff, uh, and he's twenty-two years old. He's a year. He's a. I think he's a month younger than Joe Burrow. There's a fun fact. By the way, how about? I mean, I know Jalen Ramsey's been good, but I mean, how about the fact that like the the Rams traded a first-round pick for or two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey? And the Ravens were like, all right, we'll take your Marcus Peters leftovers for nothing and kickstarted their defense. Like, I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty unbelievable. What, uh, what percent chance do you give the Rams of making the playoffs? Zero. 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 Okay. Negative. I mean, you think you have to go a little bit higher than. There's a better chance you would say something I just said five minutes ago than the Rams making the playoffs. <laughs> Oh, that's like 78%. <laughs> it's 100% tonight. Um, they fell from 21, 27% to 21% to make sales. According to the New York Times, Ryan, real news, hashtag real news. <laughs> Let me ask you this, though. So 21% for the Rams. Uh, I won't tell you what 538 had, but what, in your mind, better chance Rams making the playoffs or the Ravens making it to the Super Bowl? Probably Ravens, Ravens to the Super Bowl. Ravens. That's got to be above 20%. Nice breach. It's 25 according to 538, 25%. Well, the problem is the Rams have to win out to get to 91% to get a wild card, basically. Or yeah, 80% I mean, that's a wild card. And that involves beating the Cardinals, Seahawks, Cowboys, 49ers, and Cardinals again. Now, I don't think that's totally impossible, um, but I, I think it is pretty unlikely. That offense just looks broken. I mean, Todd, <laughs> he looks like a below average running back. He doesn't have any explosion. The offensive line gets no push and golf, golf can't like feel pressure coming. And throws into, and just can't throw, he's not throwing the way he was throwing last year. So, yeah. Speaking of Jared Goff, they will talk about him. By the way, the Ravens covered the three and a half, if I didn't mention that. Uh, Are you at all worried about Sean McVay, or is this all an issue with Jared Goff and the offensive line? I'm very worried about Sean McVay. Why isn't he adjust, like, his halftime adjustments are non-existent. His week-to-week adjustments are non-existent. I mean, Mm -hmm. just all the offensive line, but how are you going to fix the offensive line? When you're dedicating all your cap space to Todd Gurley, Jared Goff, and the upcoming Jalen Ramsey contract, and you don't have any first-round picks until 2097. Not, yeah, not to mention he definitely had some say whether they were going to extend extend Jared Goff this past summer or this past September, I guess. So they, they extended Jared Goff a year too early. 
And everyone in the world the entire summer was saying this. This isn't like, you know, hindsight 2020 thing. Everyone in the world was saying this. Don't extend him this year and see what he got because he was really bad in the second half. It, it all dates back to last September, which is when he started playing really poorly. I mean, it, it's just wild. Like, you could just be like, hey, Jared, we're going to wait one more year. Play well next year, and then we'll extend you. And um, you could have saved $110 million. The Ravens have an 86% chance of getting a buy. Now, 10% chance of hosting the wild card. What are the Patriots' chances of getting? Does it say first-round buy or just a buy? Of getting it – just, it's just a buy. Patriots' chances of getting a buy are 96%. Oh, God, that division. Well, they're yeah. all – The Bills are pretty good. They're also 10-1. and one. Uh, yeah. We mentioned Jared Goff being a troublesome quarterback situation. Coming after the break, we'll talk about that. And, oh, yeah. What's that? Oh, what's that noise you hear in the distance? Uh, it's a red rifle storming down the road. Reeds gets to celebrate coming up after the break. All right. Take it away, Breach. The Bengals are going back to Andy Dalton. Is this the happiest day of your life or the saddest day of your life? I would point out that, uh, when it was announced that Andy Dalton would be the starter, Vegas immediately ripped. Jets minus four and a half off the board. It was off. You couldn't bet on it anymore. 30 minutes later, it came back a shocking turn of events. Jets <laughs> minus four. Andy Dalton <laughs> is worth a half a point. That makes my day even better than it already was. He's a half a point better than Ryan Finley. He's a half point better than Zach Taylor. Both of those. This is literally probably top 15 greatest days of my life. Get Andy Dalton getting his job back. I didn't. Sean, just imagine if Jay Cutler announced tonight that he was coming out of retirement and playing for the Bears on Sunday. That's the joy I'm feeling I mean, right I now. Mean, the day that he announced he was going to the Dolphins was a pretty great day for me. So <laughs> I, I get it, Breach. I'm happy for you. There wouldn't be a Jay Cutler emergency pod, but there would be a Jay Cutler periscope on Sean's. And now I've got the tattoo artist on standby so that Sean can get his nice. uh, tattoo if Dalton explodes over the final four weeks of the season. But here's the thing. The Bengals shouldn't have ever benched him. And I said this when they traded or when the trade deadline was they should trade him and let Ryan Finley play the rest of the season. But if you are not going to trade him and you are going to keep Andy Dalton, you need to let him finish the season because that is, hey, you're, you're, you got to see what you have. You got to keep his trade value up. You got to do whatever you can do to win games. And you know what? Once they put Finley in, I really think that they saw him. Sorry to say this, Brinson, but he's horrible. And after three straight losses, I really think this came from higher up. And they were like, look, Zach, we don't want to go 0-16. That's an embarrassment to us. You need to get Andy Dalton back in there. Like, I, I do not think this is 100% Zach Taylor's decision. Um, Breach, go ahead, uh, yeah, I got some bad news. Uh, Worse than 0-11? Andy Dalton was 0-8 when he got benched. <laughs> He's lost. He's lost 11 games in a row, but he gives they the Bengals. If you don't think he gives the Bengals a 10 times better chance to win then he's worth a you're half. crazy they they beat the Steelers if he was they, they, they beat not, they probably beat the Raiders that game was 17 to 10 if they had any functional offense they probably win that game uh so it's just uh, and this is a little bit of like bizarre hindsight hero worship you're like look let breach have let breach have his moment come on what? What? The Steelers, I, Homer, I can tell you that they were gonna they would have won that game easily He's using, it, he's using it to bag on Ryan Finley. That's all this is. This, <laughs> here, here it is. No. This, this, I, 
It's not. It's what the Bengals are doing. They're like, they're like, well, let's go back to Andy and just drag Ryan Finley through the mud. First of all, this is idiotic. If you're going to bench Andy Dalton, then bench him and see what you got with Ryan Finley. It's a I agree with that. I do agree I with agree that. With that. I, they should have never benched him in the first place. And the fact they did, why go back to him? You just look even uh, stupider. Like, there's no doubt about that. He's, they're 0-8 with Andy Dalton. No, no. Look, you can bench him, but as John's pointed out numerous times, trade Andy Dalton. Yeah. Number one. Number two, we've seen Ryan Finley. He is terrible. Now, maybe he's better on a better team. He's a fourth-round rookie on behind the worst. He is 28 years old. AJ Green is refusing to play because he won't give him a contract. Refusing to play. He doesn't have any – he is. He's clearly refusing to play. This is the worst possible situation. This is the equivalent of judging – like, it's worse than judging Josh Rosen because at least Ryan Finley is a fourth-round pick. What is he supposed to be doing right now against the Ravens? This is the there's this is definitely the weir- weirdest hill Brenton's chosen to die on. No, look, the Bengals have handled this terribly. Yes, that's indisputable. This is so I don't think Dalton should have ever got benched, but after they benched him, they should have never gone like stick to your gun. Stop being stupid. Don't make idiotic decisions. The whole this whole situation just shows how dysfunctional this organization is. So I, I, I will defend Andy Dalton to death, but the Bengals, the front office, it's so dysfunctional that it blows my mind. That it is now in this situation where they decide 0 and 11. Hey, let's maybe finally win our games, which also could cost us a shot at the number one pick because with That's Dalton the starting, part. they, they could win at least one game. And you know right. what? If they do win that one game, then Dalton will have more wins than Cam Newton over the past eight years. By, oh, Jesus. By, <laughs> by, by the way, since Breaches started yelling about Andy Dalton, the zipper on his sweatshirt, of which he's not wearing a shirt underneath, has inched downward. Oh, he's already <laughs> taken off his Knight Rider jacket, too. So, okay, so let's get to the important thing. So apparently the Andy Dalton bet is still on because Andy Dalton is playing football again. And for people who don't know the bet, John Breach bet me in September after week one, I believe, that Andy Dalton would break the all-time season record for passing yards that was set by Peyton Manning. And if he won the bet, I would get an Andy Dalton tattoo. And if Andy Dalton did not break the all-time record – he would wear a Mitch Trubisky sticker for a month and something about going to Jay Cutler's house, who also lives in Nashville. So Andy Dalton's back. I thought I had the bet wrapped up. I guess it's not wrapped up. So I went and crunched the numbers. Peyton Manning set the record with 5,477 yards. Andy Dalton right now is 2,252 yards, which means Andy Dalton needs 3,225 yards to tie the record. And you know what? I'll be generous. Breach, if he ties the record, I'll get the tattoo. What about this? So, you so there are five yards per game. I ran the numbers. You guys are all asking these questions. Let me finish. Five games left. That means he needs 645 yards per game. So if you look at his current yards per attempt, They are at 6.7 yards per attempt. So at his current pace, he would need to average 96.3 passes per game over the final five weeks to break the record. That's possible. And he would also have to set the single game record every single game. Since the most passing yards in NFL history in one game is 551 yards. And he'd also have to throw for over 600 yards against the Patriots. And also, that would be the greatest day ever if the Bengals beat the Patriots and and cost them the uh, home field advantage because Andy Dalton. By the way, Zach Taylor said, right now this is a decision to help us beat New York, which he's, he's I, I, I do wonder, like, is this a, oh, boy, if I go 0-16, I'm getting – because, I mean, you go 0-16 and, and all bets are off in terms of whether or not you get fired as a first-year head well, coach. Well, Reach just made the point that it maybe came up 
from higher above. Well, I, that's I, Brenton. That's uh, I do feel like he got a nudge from the front office and said, "Look, man, you're safe unless you go 0 and 16 because we've been embarrassed before, but we're not. We've never been 0 and 16 embarrassed. So you better fix something and not go 0 and 16." I mean, that's really what it feels like. I do think that maybe the part of the the thinking here is that you mentioned Breach Ticket win one game, probably the Dolphins game. They'll still be okay for the first overall pick because every other team has at least two wins. I don't know if there's a way they can win two games. Do you think? <laughs> They're getting the first overall pick. Let me ask you this. Do you think A.J. Green plays on Sunday? Yeah. I think he does, too. Because he hates Ryan Finley, as you just pointed out. He's not going to get hung out to dry by a fourth-round pick who's learning on the fly. He's going to go hang with Jim Bosom, buddy. Hey, right. I have one more question for Sean. That's a, that's what Andy Dalton's and A.J. Green's phone has, my ginger baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sean, well, are you willing to get the tattoo if Andy Dalton throws for 600 yards against the Patriots and just does that? No. Yes. yes. Come he on. Said no. No. He Stop said it. no. We, why would I risk a like one-game fluke over a tattoo? Get out of here. There's been a chance. I mean, there would, there, would have, there would have to be something like big on Breach's end if he doesn't do that. I mean, what? I, what? I would have to do something big if he doesn't throw for 600 yards against. I'm the not. Patriots. I'm That's not absurd. betting. I would not bet a tattoo on a one game thing. I don't care what the sport is. Hey, Sean, I've got a better idea. Breach. If Andy Dalton throws for 600 yards against the Patriots, you have to get an Andy Dalton tattoo. Oh, there you go. I've already. I'm going to draw one on myself. <laughs> He's like, I already got one. On Another one. Yeah. <laughs> My wife said I could only have one. Only this podcast would spend seven yeah. minutes on Andy Dalton. And for the record, I think the Bengals are dysfunctional. I'm glad Dalton's starting, but they should never bench him. They're dumb. That's it. No, Breach, they should have benched him. They should have benched him in their own five and played. No, them. they should have traded him. I, I think they should have traded him. I'm with Brenton, though. I mean, look, I, I, I do think that it does It does signal that um, 17 minutes on the Bengals, Steve, really? Um, it does signal that. One would assume that they are ready to move on from Ryan Finley and draft a quarterback with the top overall. No, you could just be the backup. He's a fourth round pick. The right? back to who, Ryan? Well, Andy Dalton on Sunday, and then next year Joe Burrow. It, that. Oh, oh. What? He's the backup. They're not ready to move on from him. I think they draft him as a backup. They tried him for three weeks. He threw complete forty-seven percent of his passes. Explain them. Why are we still talking about the Bengals? I don't want to explain it. There you go. Even even I'm ready to move on. Lock could start for the Broncos. Good move or bad move, Breach? You're locked into these great quarterback calls. Uh, Brinson, you were saying earlier with Ryan Finley, you got your rookie quarterback. You got to find out what you have. Throw Drew Lock out there. They have nothing to lose at this point. It, uh, one of the Allen guy, Brandon Allen's not. You know, like, Allen. These guys. The Broncos' season is absolutely lost. They're not even fighting for a number one draft pick, so they don't have to worry about tanking or reverse tanking. They just have to find out if Drew Locke's any good, so I do absolutely think they should put him in there. The Jags are sticking with Nick Foles, Sean. Good move or bad move? It's just as bad as their decision to make give Foles the starting job back. They're letting money dictate this when they should be looking at the cheap contract that Gardner Minshew has and try to build around him because he's cheaper in the long term and try to move Foles in the offseason, but... It's Tom Coughlin, so what do you expect? He removed the ping-pong tables, and he thought that was going to solve everything. <laughs> Marlon Mack is out again this week for the Colts. No surprise. That means the duo of uh, Washington and Wilkins will fill in. Derwin James is returning from the injure, injured reserve. Makes total sense when you're 4-7 and seven to bring your superstar defensive back back from Ryan. Of the three teams that are 4-7 and seven in the AFC, which is most likely 
to make a playoff run. I know this is your thing. Jaguars, Chargers. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I'm with you. I, I sort of think Jets. <laughs> Brenton was on the bandwagon first. That's right. Yesterday. They're scheduled. No, I was on the Jets bandwagon like a month ago. You're on every bandwagon a month but, ago. But then you jumped off it two podcasts later and then jumped back on it and then kind of hobbled off. But it sounds like it's like me and the Jags. No, me and the Jaguars. I said the Jets were going to go on a winning streak and they won three straight games and third. Scored 34 points. He did say they were going to make a playoff push, and then we made fun of him for it. And then I do think when we made fun of him for it, he jumped off briefly, but it's fine. He's back on. Yep, the boat did. was still in sight. You know, he swims back. He's, feed, he's feeding tacos to Adam Gase right now. My best bet of the week, mm-hmm. Jets over the Bengals, the hapless clown show Bengals, the losers who can't figure out whether they're going forwards or backwards. They hired oh. Zach Taylor. He's a zombie. A young zombie. They hired this guy to run their team. They got no idea what they're doing. They're burrowing for burrow, and they're going to blast Andy Dalton into oblivion. Jets by 30 in Cincinnati. <laughs> Sweet mercy. I, I can't agree it? with Brenton. Brenton, What's this is the spread? Bengals Super Bowl. This is like Dalton's back. The whole team's reinvigorated. Joe Mixon's tweeting out uh, s- s- acronyms for cuss words. They're ready to roll, man. I, I almost made a Bengals Super Bowl joke, and I remember your dad actually played in it. I was like, yeah, that would be bad. Um, <laughs> the XFL blocked Josh Johnson from going to the Lions. Congratulations, Vince McMahon. All right, let's talk about some uncertain <laughs> quarterback futures. Who should be worried about the futures of their position? This is basically the Jared Goff conversation. Got Debo, look at Debo. The, the rundowns this guy puts together. Somebody give Debo a raise. I want to give Debo a raise, but I also want to laugh because it's very clear you're reading that for the first time. You're like, oh, what what is next on this Google Doc that I have not looked at once? I've looked at it. <laughs> so this is my seventh podcast. <laughs> not um, okay. So these are the no problem, no worries, no issues, quarterback situations. Uh, Ryan, mm-hmm. let me know if you have a problem with any of these teams. Texans, Ravens, Chiefs, Seahawks. Oh, of course not. You might raise a red flag with those? Nope. Speak now or forever hold your pizza. Reese's Pieces. Nice. Just made that up on the fly. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey. All right, would you say the Patriots have a quarterback situation they have to deal with? Yeah. Oh. He, he sold his house, Alex Guerrero. Is that Tom Guerrero? He he moved? Yeah. I'd be trying I, to, he, the offense stinks. Uh, Breach would know. Breach is the Guerrero guy. I, I, don't think Brady, I don't think Brady's going to be there for more. Like Either this will be his last season or next one. I absolutely do not think he'll be there past 2020. So, yes, they need a quarterback. Maybe Andy Dalton. I bet Belichick could, could win a Super Bowl with him. <laughs> that would be your dream, wouldn't it be? I think it's sort of underrated. We talked to JLC on uh, Monday, uh, yesterday, and I said, wouldn't it be crazy if Rivers, Ben, and Eli all retired in the same year? He's like, Ben's not retiring. I think it's sort of underrated that the Steelers are just going to be fine with Ben coming off of what amounts to Tommy John surgery. Are you a little worried about that, Ryan? I was actually thinking about this the other day. They're somehow six and five with no quarterback. And like I've said it before, I think Tomlin's under a lot less pressure because you don't have to win with Ben. Le'Veon's gone. AB is off sending crazy tweets. So, you know, if you can get just a, a slightly above average replacement level quarterback, maybe you're okay. But right, Ben's coming off the shoulder, uh, the, the elbow thing. So who knows how healthy he's going to be and when. 
And he might look like crap for the first two months of next season just because he's, you know, not one to be in great shape usually, and he hasn't played football in a long time. So, so the yeah, he's got going on. The beard he's got going on screams cry for help. No, uh, screams that I, I lay down a lot and eat a lot of potato chips. And yeah, this is what I would do if I never played football. Right. That's exactly I'm rich. I'm rich, injured, and don't have to worry about a thing for the next few months. Yeah. So <laughs> remember, remember those like week where we're like, oh God, like, is Mason Rudolph going to, you know, steal Big Ben's job? Like, no. Like, he has nothing Feels to do like 20 about. years ago. Hey, uh, Sean. What's up? Packers in a good spot at their quarterback position? I mean, you know I'm, like, on the anti-Rodgers trade, but no, they're fine. I mean, they have bigger priorities than Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Uh, the Chargers, though. I, I'll handle the Chargers, okay? Um, well, I wanted to we should ask you. Fuck. Very sensitive about this Charger stuff. Breach, are the Saints in good shape? Yes or no? Yes, because they have Teddy Bridgewater. I think they're going to keep him. And like Tom Brady, I think Breeze will play one more season max. So I think he'll be gone after 2020, probably retirement. Because Brady might try and play until 45 because he's crazy. I think Breeze is just age is going to hit him eventually. But they have Teddy Bridgewater, so I think they'll be good to go after that. Uh, and the Chargers are in a deep pile of doo-doo because it doesn't sound like they – Want to bring back Philip Rivers? I don't know that Philip Rivers will play somewhere else and leave for nine months without his kids. Dead serious. Like you can't move nine kids from ages seven. <laughs> you can't. Not enough. It's possible. Physically, it's it's difficult to do in the first place, no matter how rich you are. But like you, if you have nine kids who are ages seventeen to two, you are you are you can't move them all to Chicago and put them in new schools. Like right. you're gonna have to be. I mean, right, Ryan, back me up here. No, the only way it could happen, and this may already be the case because it sounds like the most Philip Rivers things ever, is that he just homeschools the kids, like all 25 of them. That's but I suspect they're probably in, in school. And, yeah, you would leave them behind in Southern California, I would imagine. I mean, like, when you have to, like, move – when you move and you take one kid away from, like, their school and their friends, yeah, no, all that, you make them, like – you, like, destroy their lives. Like, imagine if you take nine of them. Like, your life is going to be hell. For, for a year and a half, where they there, act- no amount of money would be worth that. What's going to happen is he's actually going to go to Chicago, move the family, and then they're going to pick the Bears for hard knocks and just have the camera at his house the entire time. It'll be like cheaper, like the dozen. Anyway, I'm getting starting to get a little worried that Philip Rivers is going to retire, and it's making me sad. And maybe that's why I'm a little despondent these days. Hey, you got Ryan Finley on the Rams is because Philip Rivers is retiring, and I'm upset about it. You got Ryan Finley. You got Mike Glennon. Who else you got? Or Russell Wilson is a. Uh... He went to Wisconsin. Don't forget that. F you guys. All right. This the too early to tell division. We'd like to point out to Pete Prisco that the Ravens not located in here. It's because the Why Ravens. Did he say that? No, he just he likes Josh. He likes Josh Allen more than he actually oh. said on a text today tonight. He said oh, no. Um. He said uh, if you he was like I would take Lamar. No. Shout. He would take what? Lamar over Josh Allen. Oh, I thought it was going to be the other way, the way you were setting this up. Thank no, God. No, I'd be killing him. I'd be screenshotting and texting it out. Tweeting. Would you rather have Jameis or Jacoby? Uh, Jacoby, Brissett. I agree. Uh, Bills, Jets, Browns, Giants, Redskins, and Cardinals. Uh, the two early to tell. I think the Cardinals are fine with Kyler. I am inclined to say that the Browns are fine with Baker, but I understand the concerns. I would also say that the Jets are fine with Sam Darnold. It's three weeks against bad defenses, but after the mono thing, he looks fine. I think, I think Darnold's awesome and he's going to be fine. I'm not worried about the, the Browns, Baker's, you know, their problems. I think Baker's going to go on a little run here too. Um, I actually think the Bills are probably fine with Josh Allen. 
He's getting better. I mean, he does a lot of things that makes it crazy, but he he, he can occasionally make a couple good throws. He's not going to put up huge numbers. He hasn't yet. He runs well. He just got to quit taking getting concussed. But he he's, I think he had his first interception on Sunday for the first time, like 135 attempts or something crazy. So, well, that's what I was going to say, Ryan. He's gotten smarter about not turning the ball over. His last seven games, he has produced 15 touchdowns, just two interceptions. Dak Prescott, who we talk about as an MVP, has produced 14 touchdowns and seven interceptions. So less touchdowns, five more interceptions in his last seven games than Josh How, Allen. However, Josh Allen has fumbled, I believe, six or seven times in that span. So, I mean, so you are you have you changed, but not lost all of them. Have you changed your tune? Have you changed your tune on Josh Allen at all, Sean? No, I mean, I think he's improved marginally. I would have liked to see more improvement. Um, the problem is that I don't think the Bills could replace him next year. It's still too young. He's shown improvement, and they're too good that they're not going to be able to draft a good quarterback. So I think it makes sense to stick with him. I would be say, in panic mode. Did you say you would rather have Josh Allen in Chicago or Mr. Bisky? At this point, I'd rather have Josh Allen, but I don't want if if that. I'd rather say none of the above. Okay. Uh, well, let me ask you this: because we got guys, you got problems here. Eagles, Rams. Debo includes the Falcons in here, burying Matt Ryan. Debo hates Matt Ryan. He just said yesterday that he's old, and Sean called him washed up. I believe. Sean, no, 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 no. That was you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. That was not me. Let's replay the audio. I said he's not ever going to be what he was under Kyle Shanahan, but he's still. Uh, good. He's, but he's not washed. His, he doesn't look like he has his fastball. Uh, who would you rather he be? He's Princeton. <laughs> who would you rather be three teams? The Eagles, the Rams, or the Falcons? What's the question? If you had to be one of those teams with their quarterback situation, who would you take? Oh, Lord. Oh, the Eagles. Falcons. Eagles. Falcons for me too. Well, um, how much longer you got at Matt Ryan? <laughs> it gives me three years. It's probably longer than Carson Wentz gonna last with his. You see Debo tomorrow. right there, right? Oh, uh, sorry, Debo. Debo wants a new quarterback. He doesn't <laughs> care. He's hoping. He wants to trade for Nick Foles. Debo, would you trade Carson Wentz for Matt Ryan? No. Matt what? Ryan's, Matt okay. Ryan's 36, when? 35, 36. The contract, they can't really get out of that. 2020, <laughs> the dead cap is $63.4 million. <laughs> yeah, Matt Ryan. 2021, $30 million dead cap. 2022, they can save 20 million by cutting him, but they're still taking 16.8 million against the cap. And then 2023 is when they can actually reasonably get out of it. So they're, they might be stuck with Matt Ryan until he's 38. So I agree with Debo. I'd rather have Wentz's potential. Okay. Um, I think Wentz might be hurt too. I don't know how much they're talking about it other than the hand, but how do you go from being really, really good to really, really not great? Other than his right hand? <laughs> no, that just happened last week. Prior to that, he wasn't playing well either. Right. Well, there there were certain corners of the analytics internet that never thought once was was that good to begin with, and was being propped up by a sorry diva uh, propped up by like a high interception rate that was bound to regress. I think the most concerning thing about him this year is his yards per attempt has is completely nosedived. It's not even the touchdown percentage. Yeah, <laughs> uh, his quarterback rating has fallen to eighty nine point six. He led the league in QBR two years ago in 2017. He's averaging 230 passing. He's averaging less passing yards per game than he did as a rookie. That is a problem. His complete. He's basically regressed to his rookie season. Yeah. Okay. And what what is kind of weird about this too is that even though he was an MVP candidate in year two last year, I thought was actually his best season. It's just like the touchdowns weren't up. The touchdowns fell. Cause that's the way touchdown passes work. So that's why this is so surprising is that he was legitimately probably having his best year last year. Now he looks like he's regressed by two years. 
And now, look, it is worth pointing out against that Seahawks team, A, that Seahawks defense has improved a lot. B, they had no Lane Johnson. As we point out, this Carson Wentz plays much worse without Lane Johnson. C, no Nelson Aguilar, no Alshon Jeffrey, uh, no Jordan Howard in the run game either. Brandon Brooks left with anxiety issues in the middle of the game. I mean, the, the Eagles are just sort of falling apart. Like it's just like, you know, careening down the road and stuff flying out of the doors. I, I do look, I still think that Carson Wentz is, is pretty good, but man, this is a, this is not a good season for the Carson Wentz truthers out there. You know, they have Wentz and golf, right? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. No one's taking golf. Not even Sean McVay, I don't think. Sean McVay went home after this game, and he is staring at Jared Goff's contract, wondering when is the fastest we can get out of this so I can bring somebody else in to play this position because Goff isn't cutting it. And, uh, Sean, I think the answer is 2022 and get out with a $10 million cap hit. Who lasts longer in L.A.? Jared Goff, Les Need, Sean McVay. Or Phillip Rivers. Frank him. <laughs> Jared Goff has zero passing touchdowns and five interceptions his last three games. Is that good? You're not cutting him, though. No, you're not. What are you talking cutting him? I mean, My point is that he might be there longer than the other two. These guys are still 25 or 26. I mean, like, you're not getting out of these guys. McVay's coming off a Super Bowl. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. Les yeah. Nate might be going somewhere. He He's, you know, pulling maybe, all these deals. Maybe Jerry Jones will trade for Sean McVay and save the Rams. I was actually thinking about that. <laughs> Um, after give them a first round pick that they so desperately need. Did you see? Not to get too far afield, but quickly, Jason Garrett tell the radio station on Monday that they don't use analytics in the game because it doesn't fit what they do best. <laughs> I mean that that's very on brand. That does make sense. Jason Lockenfora wrote about the golf issue and like when he's not in shotgun. Uh, last year he was averaging almost ten yards per passing attempt, fourteen touchdowns, two interceptions. This year eight yards per attempt. Two touchdowns, five interceptions, and his rating has dropped from 113.7 down to 71.4. I mean, that was basically what they were doing with the outside zone run. They would they would do that, play off shock, play off the the play action, toss it deep, and you had tons of shots, and it just has not worked. They don't have. I mean, the Rams are in serious long term trouble. Like they might be in a borderline Jaguars Bears type of situation. What does that mean? Like, oh, this team's great. They got a huge window. Rookie uh, contract. I mean, I mean, I mean, I think the Rams, I said this during the Rams Bears game, a terrible game between two bad teams, is that the Rams are obviously in a worse situation than the Bears. Like, I'd rather be the Bears long term than, than the Rams because at least their quarterback stunk before the, the extension. So, like, they're not going to be tricked into giving him 30 million a year because, well, I don't want to say that because Ryan Pace is dumb sometimes with the quarterbacks, but uh, hopefully they won't end up doing that. So, no, I agree with you. I think the Rams are long-term doo-doo. Well, the Rams can get out of this. I mean, like they can get out of this after only three more years of Jared Goff. Like, that's oh, is that only three more years? John McVay will be ball-headed by then. So much stress. They drafted him number one overall. Like They're going to have to ride him out until he's 27. Like, didn't have to, when Sean just said that she didn't have to pay him. I said that, too. Oh, I'm sorry. Sean, I have to take that back. You did not say it. Brenton said it while he was on the Jets bandwagon. You could have waited, could have waited a year. You could have waited one more all This was actually a, a topic I feel like on multiple podcasts over the yeah. summer is, is should they, and we all said they will, but it's going to be the dumbest mistake that they could possibly make in that situation. Hey, deal, you turned, out we were, turned out we were wrong. They traded for Jalen Ramsey and gave up two first-round picks. That was dumber. Hold on. Golf deal you get out of in 2021. Okay, so one more losing season, and you still don't have any draft picks. 
You got to take a crap ton of cap hit. I mean, like you can. Yeah. Is that? I mean, okay, that's a terrible. You talk about the the Bengals being a terrible organization. This isn't exactly great personnel management. <laughs> it's looking. <laughs> uh, all right, now the big vague issues for next year as well. Uncertain. Uh, the Bears, Panthers, Buccaneers, Titans, and Jaguars. If you could pick one quarterback to play for these teams, John Breach, who would you, who would you, let's play matchmaker for these teams. Breach, who would you matchmake with the Titans? I think the irony here is that Jameis Winston will probably be playing for one of these five teams, even if it's not the Buccaneers. Um, but are you saying who do I think on these five teams? Can I pick any quarterback? What am I picking? You get to pick any quarterback. I mean, you can't pick Andy any. Dalton. <laughs> All Andy, five. You pick, <laughs> no, you, I, want, you, I want you to play matchmaker with somebody for the Titans. Who's the best possible quarterback for the Titans for them to come out of next year? I think this is crazy, but I wouldn't be surprised if they stick with Ryan Tannehill. He's been so successful. He's been four and one the past it, since he's been a starter. The offense has looked completely revamped since they benched Mariota. So I think they'll stick with, I think the Titans will stick with Ryan Tannehill going forward. Does he have a one year deal or a two year deal? How many years does he have left on his contract? This is it. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think they'll resign him. Uh, I asked Jason Lacanfora on Monday if he thought they would tag him. He said, no, but if Ryan Tannehill keeps playing really well, it would be a possibility if he was trying to explore the market. You would think that Tannehill would be like, hey, this is this worked out really well for me. I would love to come back here. Uh, who would you like to see play for the Bears, Sean? Uh, two guys. I don't know if the first will happen. Probably not. Uh, the first will be Teddy. That's a great huh? answer. James Winston, that's a great answer, Sean. Um, let's move along. Andy Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, okay. I actually wouldn't mind Dalton as long as you don't have to give up a lot in a trade deal because the Bears don't have any picks, as we've mentioned. He's a free agent. Dalton, yeah. he's got one more year on his deal. Yeah, that's right, that's right. why I was talking right. about keep playing him for trade value. Cam and Dalton the ones, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that's the reason why. I, and I love Cam, but with the injury risk, I just don't. I feel like he's going to cost more, and I don't think the Bears, with their draft pick situation, are in a position to give up like a second or a third round pick for a quarterback who might not be healthy. If Cam's healthy, he's the best option, though. Um, the guys, so Breach just said Tannehill. Um, I think in terms of like free agents. I think he would probably make the most sense. I think um, his mobility is something Matt Nagy could use, something we saw from Trubisky last year. And the quarterback who probably won't get away is Bridgewater. Uh, he'd probably be at the top of my list if he if he's able to walk in free agency. But I believe the Saints have a team. Is it a team option or a player option next year for um, Teddy? Either way, you didn't really answer the question, so I'm going to answer it for you. You didn't give us a I real just, I just gave three answers. No, uh, you, 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 you gave us what you want to have happen. But Tannehill. The answer is Jameis Winston. All right, Ryan, oh, moving along to the Buccaneers. Who do you think the Buccaneers should get and who will they end up getting? The answer is all. Bruce Arians seems to love Jameis Winston. Like, I think keep you James. got the clip? That's my favorite clip. Oh, I do have the clip. Um, all right, you get that. So I, so maybe he wants to make it work with Jameis, but, I mean, you got to pay Jameis $25 million at least, I would imagine. You got it? No, I don't know, Ryan. I'll let you know when I have it. Why do you have to pay Jameis $25 million? He's not going to play for twenty. It's the market, John. That is who, what the market says. But who who else is paying Jameis twenty five million? The Bears. I, I don't think the Bears are paying Jameis twenty five million. And we can play back this clip when it happens, and I'm melting down live on this podcast, but on the emergency pod. But you know, you know what you're gonna have to do if the Bears give Jameis twenty five. Well, I told you, I'm taking a, a red zone year. I'm just watching red zone all year. Yeah, uh, you got to you got to you got to fill up your. Well, and real quick, that's one thing about Dalton's. If you trade for him, seventeen and a half million. <laughs> Did that play? Did that play? No. Nope. 
<laughs> as hell. And it's going to get real full in a minute. There we go. Well worth it. Uh, as for the Bucks, Jameis maybe is one. I sort of think that Bruce Arians might be able to work with a healthy Marcus Mariota. Warm weather. I don't think Mariota makes sense in Chicago because the weather's bad and one more thing to soft tissue injury or whatever. And I also think, um, well, I won't get ahead of myself, but I think Marcus Mariota might be 1B. I can't imagine someone like Andy Dalton playing for the Buccaneers. I, I don't think that would work. So, Mariota. Uh, Bruce Arians owned uh, it with the old Bengals quarterback before, brought in Carson Palmer. I don't I think he Well, one of those guys Carson had a really good arm. Yeah. yeah. Carson Palmer's with the Raiders, and he's good. Um, uh, by the way, uh, I was on uh, the podcast. I went on uh, the Pro Football Doc podcast. With oh, Dave Chow. I told him the story about how uh, Ryan nicknamed me Pro Football Doc. Right. Oh, that wasn't someone else. I think Brinson, I mean, Breach or Sean may have come with that. I, although, I thank you for the credit. Did you tell him about my ACL injury and how I came back I did. despite the odds? I did. No, <laughs> 21 months later. Uh, all right, I will play uh, matchmaker for the Panthers. Yeah, the answer is Philip Rivers. I was I didn't want to steal your thunder. I think Marcus Mariota is a poor man's Cam Newton if Cam Newton doesn't come back. Yeah, I just the the reason I go Philip Rivers is I think there's a chance that maybe Ron Rivera moves on and North Turner sticks around. I know that what would about be the whole family relocation thing. Yeah, <laughs> he came Sky- out quick. <laughs> I mean, I think it would have to be, it'd have to be the Titans or the Panthers for, for him to do it. Cause it would have to be near the grandparents and bring some of the kids. <laughs> Can you imagine me and the grandparents? God, I do not want to see 12 kids today. <laughs> You're going to have to watch these six kids for nine months. Oh my God. Uh, in Alabama. While I've been <laughs> uh, but no, I don't, I don't know what the answer to the Panthers is. Cause I don't think we know what the future will be for, for Carolina. So that one's tough to pull off. Well, Prisco's saying that it's going to be Cam. I hope they sign Derek Carr. He's saying it's going to be Cam? What do you mean? He said Cam's coming back next year. That's what he's been told. Well, I mean, there's no he can't know that because no one knows who's going to be in charge of the Panthers. Well, whoever are told you, him that, that's are you thing. Are you doubting your colleague, Pete Prisco, your esteemed colleague? No, I know who Pete talks to. And I don't I don't know that he necessarily has the I – don't, I, I don't think – So you are doubting him. I just don't think that anybody knows who will be pulling the strings for the Panthers. A simple yes would have sufficed. Right. You're Pete. hedging. Speaking of doubting Pete, uh, who, who wants to talk about the Jaguars? Who want to, Shaw, Breach, you play matchmaker for the Jaguars. Who should be playing for the Jaguars? I think the Jags are going to go with Nick Foles because they don't have a choice because his contract is worth $70 billion. <laughs> uh, and so they're not signing anyone. So they really just have to sit down and decide whether they want to man up and go with Minshew or and not care about all the cash they gave Foles or play Foles. And I, what, they've been outscored by like, 70 points since mm. Nick Foles has, has started this year in the three games he started. So I don't know that I want to roll with Foles, but I, it's going to be Foles or Minshew. And if is, I'm the, well, I, I would do Minshew. Is there, is there a chance they trade Minshew? Yeah. Maybe. I would trade <laughs> Foles before Minshew. Who's right, trade but no one, Foles? but no one wants Foles because of the contract, like you just said. Whereas like if I'm the Bears, give me Gardner Minshew. Third round pick? I would kill for Foles right now. Who? Who would? Diva and the Eagles. Not true. <laughs> Stop. That's a lot of money. Well. No, yes or no? No. Okay. And, and Foles has a three-way trade where we go Foles to Philly, Wentz to Chicago. I mean, I would take Carson Wentz over Mitch Trubisky in a heartbeat. <laughs> How much better is it? What? 
Okay, stop it. We you haven't watched Trubisky, and, and you clearly didn't watch the game on Sunday. Uh, worth noting, we haven't even included the Cowboys because they will either sign Dak Prescott or franchise tag him. He's not going anywhere. Um, in between is a good category here: Colts, Vikings, and Lions. I actually think the Vikings are probably kind of happy with Kirk Cousins right now. That could all change in the next couple of weeks. But I just year two or year three. Year two. So he's not going anywhere. He's he's there. They'll they'll figure out the long term solution afterwards. They're sort of all in on this window with Kirk Cousins, and yeah, look, they're winning a bunch of games. He's playing a lot better. He's in the fringe MVP conversation. So I I don't think they're too worked up about it. Uh, I feel like the Colts are committed to Jacoby Brissett too, right? Anybody doubt Short-term that? Short term deal though. Yeah, but I mean, like he's their guy for the next two years. Or they yeah. could draft somebody, but I I think they like Jacoby. I yep. think they can do better, but I, agree. I think I think they can do better too. I I would be really? surprised if they at least sniff around in the off season look for someone because you have Jacoby under contract for 2020 at just six million dollars. You know, it's not a huge. The Bengals are fine with Andy Dalton, but the Colts need to do better. Right? Sure, makes total sense. By the way, nobody Jacoby... say the Bengals are fine with Andy Dalton. Who says that? Now listen, no, I. Prepare no, to be... I'm not saying. Bears are, you can't you can't insult an NC State quarterback, Preach. Come on, you, like they're that's, fine that's the rest of this season, but Dalton's not going to be there after that, so no one's disputing that. Bears have a perfect roster, especially with Mitch Trubisky, but the Colts have problems with Brissett. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Jacoby is uh, the knee injury missed a couple games, I think at least at least um, one, maybe two. Eleventh in value per play according to Football Outsiders. I don't know if you want to be kicking the tires on a bunch of other people, especially because Frank Reich loves him. I think they like him. I, don't yeah. think- I love all 6.7 yards per attempt of Jacoby Brissett every throw. Love it. Okay. Well, sign me up. Then you you must be don't put them on primetime again, please. You would trade for Jacoby Brissett in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's better. I mean, where's the bar? Yes. The, if the bar is Trubisky, there's 25 other quarterbacks I'd rather have. Sean but Meanwhile, I just think the Colts should aspire to do better than Jacoby Brissett because, as Breach mentions, he has a very cheap contract, so you can go get another guy and see. He's 11th in the value per play. Who are you going to get that's better than him on that contract? Quit talking stupid. Yeah, it's ridiculous. All right, well, this is not going to age well on your guys' part. <laughs> uh, and then the Lions. I, what, are the, what are the Lions got going on with Matthew Savage's contract here? Are they screwed? They might be screwed. A year ago, we were talking about that they were screwed, but then Stafford was actually playing out of his mind this year that maybe reconsider that. Uh, but it is a steep deal. Um, I think they have like two more years with it yeah, without getting they, out. They can't cut him reasonably until after the 2020 season. Yeah. So one more year minimum, probably two more years. The move with Stafford, by the way, don't play him again in 2019. Please, for the love of all that is holy, do not play him. The well, only thing I would ask, though, is Matt Patricia's job in trouble? If it's right. not, right, don't play him. If it is, I got some bad news for you, Matthew. <laughs> Get you back out there. Take the hit. <laughs> By the way, did you know or had you remembered that um, Patricia, I think, tore his Achilles in the offseason? Yeah. Like, yeah. He still wears a big boot on his foot. I was like, why is he wearing that moon boot on one foot? I was like, all oh, right, he, he's like. He was he was cruising around a little scooter for the first four weeks of the season. When I loved him, he does my challenge for him because he had a good wheel out there at the challenge flag. Are you not watching every second of Matt Patricia? Um, You know who else tore the Achilles and is already healed? Yes, thank you. Who? John Breach. Matt Lafleur. Matt Lafleur. Benefit of the draft: Dolphins, Bengals, and the Broncos. Would you rather be the Dolphins, Bengals, Broncos, or Bears? Bengals. Well, uh, the John Bengals pointed this out on Sunday. Yeah. John pointed this out on Sunday. You could draft Joe Burrow number one, but there's so many other problems on that team that he's probably going to get demolished. Maybe Chase Young makes sense there, but I think you have to take Joe Burrow number one. 
Dolphins have all those picks, but they gave away Larry Tunsil and Minka Fitzpatrick. So are they going to be better? And the Tua, who knows what's happening with Tua? You guys talked about having Drew Locke play. I, I don't know what John Elway's thinking. I don't think John Elway knows how many quarterbacks they're going to draft and or sign. So I guess the Bengals, I don't know. I don't I think, know. I think the team in the worst shape is probably the Broncos because he was a second round pick on Drew Locke. They traded for Flacco. They don't, they refuse to like admit that they're terrible. And they wouldn't trade Von Miller, Chris Harris. They could have gotten a lot of yeah. capital that way. Um, then I would say the Bengals after that because they kept all their guys and didn't get any value for the trade. Yeah. Uh, then, then I would say the Bears because they have Trubisky and like, <laughs> they're in limbo. I'm not trying to bag on Sean. I, I mean, they're not even on the list. I, I disagree. Out of all those teams, I, I actually really do disagree because the Bears just need, like right now, I mean, the Bears suck, so don't laugh at what I'm going to say. You're going to laugh anyways. Like the Bears are technically in the middle of like their Super Bowl winter or whatever with Max signed to this deal and all these defensive players. They just are looking for an average quarterback. And so I think if you're looking at the next three, four years out of all these teams who would rather be, I'd rather be the Bears because their roster is not bad outside of the quarterback position. Oh, man. Like if they had to go well, percent, they'd be awesome. To back Sean up, we always talk about the Bears' defense and regression. Yes, we do know that has happened. But last year, the Bears gave up 17.7 points per game. This year, they're only giving up 17.1. They're actually giving up fewer points and have gotten worse because Trubisky is more trash than he was last year. Ooh. Yeah, they just need an average quarterback. And you know what? There's going to be a lot of free agent upheaval this year with some average quarterbacks. So Look, uh, let me tell you something. The Bears, but it's a, wait, real quick. It's a low bar. You're compare, asking me to compare them to the Bengals, the Broncos, and the Dolphins. I would much rather have the Bears situation right now. You think, you think you're a, you're delusional and psychotic. You yeah. think that you've got a Super Bowl window. Buddy, you're the new Jaguars. You want the Nick Foles band-aid. You think that's going to magically push you over the top, I, and it's not. He just said I do not want Nick Foles. Hey, no, no, no. But you're like, all we need is an average quarterback. Look at Nick Foles. Who's out there in free agency? No. You're just going to sink further into the depths of hell as a fan as a fan base and as a team when you realize that this roster isn't that good. It's aging. Your GM stinks. The coach is terrible. They can't find a quarterback. They can't protect for him. They can't run. He's a bad play caller. The defense is slowly regressing to Cleo Mac trade was a bad idea in the first place, and the Bears are the worst team in football. Oh, that felt good. Not name the Bengals. This is just Prince has been taking a bashing the last couple of weeks with the Rivers <laughs> and the Panthers and the I would say stuff. if we're really ranking those four teams on who is the worst off, I think the Broncos are the worst off because they're kind of in this weird purgatory where all their defensive stars are aging. They still don't have a quarterback. They don't know if Drew Locke's any good. Their offensive line hasn't been great. Uh, they don't, uh, they have a couple good receivers, but they don't have a quarterback who can get them the ball. And, and so I would rank them as the worst off out of those four. Then probably the Bengals, because I don't trust their front office with the number one overall pick. And no matter what, if they take Burrow, if they take Chase Young, if they just throw the pick away because they don't know what they're doing, uh, that is, a probability because that could happen with them. So if they threw away the pick, it would get hurt and wouldn't play it. Like, like. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine so that, that turning the thing? That would be something. Go so ahead. that's second worst, and then yeah, Dolphins. I would say is second worst, and then Dol. Or, uh, so Broncos worst, Bengals second worst, and then Dolphins and Bears probably in the best shape out of those four teams. But that Thank is not you. saying much. Thank that's, you. That's like having the nicest eyebrows on this podcast. Like, you know, it's, this doesn't mean anything. I would say, just off first glance, me or Debo. <laughs> oh, weird. Heat check. Debo. He brought it up. I'm just, Sean. 
By the way, this is going to be awesome when the Bears – Just calling it like I see it. When the Bears pick up Trubisky's fifth-year option, <laughs> so many emergency podcasts just for that. Like three emergency podcasts, an hour-and-a-half-long emergency podcast, Bears pick up Trubisky's fifth-year option in March this all season. All right, let's get out of here. We almost made it under an hour. Sorry, Diva. Came close. <laughs> you know, never mind. What? Go ahead. I won't do it. Did, we didn't mention the Raiders, did we? Why would we? We didn't. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that's a really intriguing situation. Would they be oh, an in-between well, okay. team? An in-between team? Or uncertain for next year? <laughs> I don't I don't know where they fall. I think they would probably fall with the Lions, um, Vikings, and... Uh, this is... Lions and Tigers and Bears, oh my. This is Carr's best year. Yeah, but Carr is so cuttable. But now, here's the thing. You can cut him next year. You can cut him this offseason. Or trade it. If you cut him this offseason, you um, take $5 million in dead cap space in 2020. But I think what the Raiders might rather do is draft somebody this offseason if, if things don't work, if they lose a bunch of games down the stretch, um, and they have a good pick and they can get a quarterback and then let him sit a year behind Carr. And then you can get rid of Carr once he turns 30 after the 2021s or after the he's 20. He's not 30 yet. I feel like he's been there forever. I know. So, by the way, value per play, Derek Carr sixth. Wow. Sean, would you rather have Derek Carr, Jacoby Brissett, or stay with Mitch Trubisky? Derek Carr. That's yes. crazy talk. Carr That's is, I mean, I'm not a Carr. I mean, I'm just not a fan of all any of those three quarterbacks. So He's serviceable. But I think Brinson said the interesting thing. They can get out of the contract after this season. And we know John Gruden has been saying from day one, I, I love you, I love you, I love you. But he's also been getting rid of players five minutes after saying that. Uh, so we will actually find out how much he appreciates. And we will find out if Derek Carr is actually going to move next door to him in Vegas. Uh, because obviously that's not going to happen if uh, Gruden gets rid of him this offseason. So yeah, I think it's gonna it's interesting dynamic. If you would have asked me, if you would have asked me before the Jets game, I would have said Carr's for sure coming back. And then Derek <laughs> Carr gets benched with like, how many minutes were remaining in that game? No, no, he took him out just because they were getting blown out. I mean, but, but I mean, when you're playing that bad against the Jets and are getting sit down in the fourth quarter, like that's saying something. Well, he just pulled him just like they pulled Lamar against the, the Rams. The it was, was not like they pulled, pulled Lamar against the Rams. Was, Lamar was winning and he had scored on every possession. The it game was the was opposite. Over. No, no, no. But look, it, it was not – look, there's three different ways you can pull somebody out of a game like that. There's one, the Lamar game, where you're, you're blowing a team out and you sit down your quarterback to be safe. Um, there's two, like Mr. Trubisky, where you fake an injury, and you, but he's really really fancy. <laughs> and then there's three, when you're getting blown out and there's no sense in having your quarterback in there. Like, golf shouldn't have been in there against the Ravens late when you're down 45-6. to six. And that's what, that's, what, that's what happened with Derek Carr. I'm merely saying it's indicative – of this, of how bad or how not good this quarterback is that you're getting blown out by the Jets and you're you're in such a oh, bad. He plays defense. I didn't know that. that. You're getting, yeah, because the Raiders' offense played well against the Jets, right? Look, the Raiders' offense was hot trash. Carr was not good, but I'm just saying he wasn't benched for Glennon. Like that's not what it was. It wasn't a quarterback change. A, I, I, okay, I'm not going to get in semantics. No, I'm, it's, I'm it's saying not, he got. He was having a pretty good season by his standards, and then he goes out and lays that egg against the Jets. 
to the point where they're so far out of it, he's getting benched. He's, he's getting not, pulled. He's that, getting pulled from the game in the fourth quarter with like ten minutes left. I don't know why that's so hard to wrap your brain around. It wasn't it wasn't even a thing on the sidelines? Were you watching? Sean, the- I'm I'm gonna I, side I'm gonna side with them. The principle of this was Gruden's like this game is lost. I don't want to see Derek okay. Carr get injured. And the principle of Harbaugh is we've already won this game. I don't want to see Lamar Jackson get injured. It was about keeping your quarterback safe versus benching because he's horrible. I'm literally just saying that. The Raiders were so bad, and Carr included, that he got pulled against the Jets with 10 minutes left because that's how bad they were. But you used the word bench, and that's not okay. what I pulled. Use whatever word you want. That's what I'm saying. I've clarified this three times now. That's what I'm saying. No, you haven't. You made it more difficult yeah. to understand you. You acted like a child, and you made it more difficult. Yeah. There's nobody on this planet like to see Derek Carr bench for Mike Glennon more than me. I mean, he, was, <laughs> he wasn't benched. I'm just, I was watching the game. He wasn't benched. Uh, we also forgot Jimmy Garoppolo. In the 49ers. Hey, he keeps proving us wrong. I think, are you now on the Jimmy G bandwagon, Brinson? I know you were dogging the 49ers earlier and people were angry at you. I, no, I, I think Jimmy G is, um, oh God, did we just piss off Raiders fans again? Crap. Um, oh well, what are you going to do? Did. Can't love all 32 fan bases. Um, just the Chargers. The, uh, the, yeah, I mean, I think Jimmy G, what's really impressed me about him the last few weeks is that he starts a little shaky. And then seems to kind of get it like, you know, like you see golf start shaky. He just can't get it back on track. You see that with a lot of quarterbacks. Jimmy G will kind of, I think Kyle Shannon's doing some stuff where he's giving him open looks either on play action or different kind of protections. And then he's getting him, you know, shots down the middle that he feels comfortable making and you get him in that rhythm and he starts to really get going. So that's, that's been impressive. They can get out of his deal starting this offseason. That's worth noting. I don't think they will, but they can. Yeah. yeah, the 49ers do that with quarterback contracts. It's a really smart way to do it because, look, you gave him all this money, but if he struggles, you want to be t- – we're seeing with Jared Goff, with Carson Wentz, you want to be anchored to that guy if he starts either getting hurt like Carson Wentz or just looks like a horrible quarterback like Jared Goff. So, you know, the way Garoppolo is playing this season, I think they would absolutely want to keep around for 2020. But if they go 3-13 and 13 next year because Jimmy Garoppolo looks horrible, then they get out of the deal. So this is a pretty good the, – the cap hit – to cut him is four point two million in twenty twenty, and it only goes down from there. Eighteenth in value per play, by the way, this year. Yeah, I mean, I think he's been. He's I would, fine. He's good enough for this team. Yeah, I think he would be good in like the. I know we keep going back to the Bears. I'm not trying yeah, to, of course. I'm like he would be. He would. The Bears would be in the playoff hunt if they had Jimmy Garoppolo. Probably. It's funny because I was going to say we keep on finding these teams who are like. Two years ago, Jaguars and the Bears. That could potentially be the 49ers um, in a year or two. Just a team riding defensive success um, with a quarterback who might not be that great. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we all differ how we feel about Garoppolo. But with defensive success fluctuating on a year-to-year basis, I do think – They what, have one of the best play callers. Yeah, no, I was going to say that is the difference, though. Shanahan, I think, is the reason why Garoppolo has been playing so well. And yeah. they surround him with playmakers, which helps. All right, Debo, did you forget any more quarterbacks? <laughs> this guy. Hey, we're not. This guy. Golly, settle down. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, great show. We'll be back tomorrow. Brady Quinn football show. And then we'll fire up a bunch of shows. Uh, we're going to preview the Thanksgiving games with Brady and Ryan and talk apparently about Justin Herbert. We've been asked to get film of the Oregon game. Who knows uh, why that's going to happen. And then we'll, uh, we'll be back with the regular slate of podcasts for the rest of the week. Leave a review, rate. Talk to you guys later.